Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodem with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Last Thursday, Major League Baseball celebrated a media milestone a century in the making. August 5th was the 100th anniversary of the first radio broadcast of a baseball game. It aired from Pittsburgh's Forbes Field on KDKA, and it was one of the many radio firsts for the station in 1921. Four years ago, KDKA News Director P.J. Kamanchik gave a presentation to the Squirrel Hill Historical Society about that year and the moments that made history. Pay attention to the last name he mentions. KDK Radio in 1921 had many firsts. Number one being the first U.S. presidential address, President Herbert Hoover in January of 21, a speech on behalf of the European Relief Fund, which took place at Pittsburgh's Duquesne Club. There was the first presidential inaugural address, President Warren Hardy, in March of 21. Our first live sporting event, a 10-round fight between Johnny Ray and Johnny Dundee from Pittsburgh's East Liberty Motor Square Garden. Yes, AAA, exactly, yes. Our first baseball play-by-play, live broadcast, in August of 21, the Pirates defeated the Phillies that particular evening, I should say afternoon, by a score of 8-5. to five. We had the first live band concert in March of 21. The musicians were Westinghouse employees. <laughs> we have a picture back at the radio station, and I kid you not, there's got to be 50 to 75 band members in this band. It's, it's incredible. We don't even have that many people at the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> we had the first farm reports in May of 21. KDK established the first radio newsroom in September of 21 with a direct link to the Pittsburgh Post. And we also hired the first world, the, the first full-time radio announcer, full-time radio announcer, Harold Arlen, who began in January of 21. Harold Arlen was remembered last week in Cooperstown as part of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum's virtual author series presented by the Ford Motor Company. Kurt Smith shared some stories about the National Pastime's first play-by-play announcer, and before we learn more about Arlen, we'll give Smith his due. The upstate New York native, who has gone back to the birthplace of baseball more than 75 times, began his career as a Gannett Company reporter the Saturday Evening Post senior editor, and as a speechwriter for several cabinet members of the Reagan presidency. He served as a speechwriter in the George Herbert Walker Bush White House and penned Bush's emotional eulogy to Reagan in 2004. During the Reagan years, Smith became the voice of authority on baseball broadcasting, according to USA Today, when he wrote Voices of the Game, the History of Baseball Radio and Television. Now a senior lecturer of English at the University of Rochester and a member of the Hall's Ford C. Frick Award Committee, which annually honors a broadcaster for major contributions to baseball, Smith's back in the booth with his 18th book, Memories from the Microphone, A Century of Baseball Broadcasting. On the anniversary of Arlen's broadcast, Smith sets the scene for the pioneering play-by-play moment. No one had ever done uh, baseball, play-by-play, color uh, of any kind. 
uh, on radio because uh, the wireless, as it was then called, uh, had uh, debuted on KDKA, which is America's first commercially licensed station, on election night of uh, 1920. And over the next few months, um, the station began to do more politics, but also uh, a number of minor sports events. But the big enchilada was on August 5th uh, of uh, 1921, 100 years ago. And uh, they were looking for programming. And Harold Arlen was a Westinghouse company foreman, Westinghouse owning uh, for many decades, um, KDKA. And so Harold Arlen uh, volunteered to go out to uh, Forbes Field which is, in my view, the most beautiful ballpark, perhaps, in the uh, major league history of the game. And he sat in a, a box seat uh, be, behind a screen behind home plate in the first row. He had the best seat available in the ballpark to describe what he was about to see. And then he put a plank of wood over the, uh, over the seat itself, upon which he put his scorecard. He had no other artifact except for um, a telephone, which he used going back to KDKA as his transmitter. And with that extraordinarily Spartan uh, paraphernalia, he was often speaking, although he wasn't sure really in that first game what he was supposed to speak about, except baseball, which lent uh, a certain um, uh, trailblazing uh, air, I think, to the, whole, to the whole game. According to Smith, Arlen's broadcasting style was more sound of silence than John Sterling and Susan Waldman, today's voices of the New York Yankees. But like Ma and Pa Pinstripe, Arlen became a beloved member of the Pittsburgh community while also earning international praise. He didn't know that you were actually supposed to speak between pitches. So what he did was, ball one, outside, and then perhaps you'd have 10 seconds of silence. And then the pitcher would throw the ball, pitchers waiting uh, fewer seconds uh, then than they sadly do today. And, uh, uh, you know, listening at home, uh, we, would, we would say now that, my goodness, uh, he wasn't very good. But to those listening then, it was like, it was like a vision, like Saul on the Damascus Road. And he was very well received. The Times of London soon called him the best known radio announcer in the world. And you look in vain for negative written critiques of Arlen in the 20s because it was so new. Just this phenomenon of sound coming through the air was, uh, was a novelty uh, uh, to, uh, to uh, almost every American. And uh, I, it took off from there. In that first game, Arlen not only didn't know how to broadcast baseball, he wasn't sure whether his voice was reaching fans as it emanated from the confluence of the Allegheny, Monongahela, and Ohio rivers. Smith describes the shaky start for the announcer and his station. Arlen had no idea at that point how many people were actually listening to the game, if anyone, because there was only a handful of uh, radio sets in the tri-state area that is Western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Eastern Ohio. And even those who had uh, sets, he didn't know if they were tuned to KDKA, which was then only 100 watts in strength. For a long time now, it's been 50,000 watts. So it went from an almost a somnolent beginning to the booming Leviathan that KDKA is today. So that was an unknown to him. Was anyone listening? And secondly, was the equipment working? He couldn't tell. And in fact, uh, listeners um, uh, could tell because the transmitter would go off and on. But uh, 
uh, despite the fact that it was not a smooth uh, kind of uh, debut, uh, it was rather lasting since it's been with us now for the last century. And that game had a lot of action to it. Uh, the Pirates beat the Phillies eight to five, the, uh, the game and the lead seesawed back and forth. And so it was very well received. And the Pirates soon were broadcasting sporadically um, with Arlen behind the mic. He did them through 1925 when he went to Mansfield, Ohio uh, for a Westinghouse job. And that was the beginning. The Pirates uh, really were the birthplace, the incubator, if you would, of everything that we know today. While no one knows for sure how many people listened to that first baseball game, radio and game broadcasts were off to the races in the decade that followed, says Smith. We simply don't know the numbers back then because in many cases they're so minuscule. We do know several numbers. By 1923, three million American homes had a radio. A decade later, in 1933, 33 million uh, homes had a radio. So by, by the decade of the Depression, it was the one communication medium that you had. And in many cases, because it was inexpensive, the only thing that you could afford. You could read or you could listen to the radio. There was really nothing in between. 51 years after that first broadcast, Arlen returned to Forbes Field to see his grandson, Steve Arlen, a pitcher for the San Diego Padres, play against the Pirates. Smith says the elder Arlen returned to the booth, thanks to a future Frick Award winner, and was warmly received by Pirate fans. Yeah, that was 1972, when Bob Prince, who by then had been the legendary voice of the Pirates for 20 years, invited um, Harold back to Forbes Field, the same ballpark where he had first worked in 1921. And he actually let uh, Arlen do an inning of play-by-play. Uh, Prince was a very uh, generous and, and, and good-feeling fellow, uh, in addition to being a spectacular broadcaster for the Bucks and beloved to this day. And, and Prince told me that the reaction to Arlen in 1972 was uh, even more uh, effervescent than it had been in 1921. People listened because many people remembered, even then, uh, what he had sounded like and what the impact had been. While Arlen's Pittsburgh story came full circle that day in 1972, Smith ends the first chapter of Memories from the Microphone with another, more apt anecdote. Smith writes, Yet it is an incident from a quarter century earlier that best showed Harold's mix of modesty and steel. In 1947, many in Mansfield wanted to name its high school football stadium Arlen Field. For more than an hour, the school board, which he served as president, argued the merits. Harold was strongly and futilely against. Years later, the board's vote still upset him because it was, in his words, one of the few times in my life that no one would listen to me. The once Voice of America died March 14, 1986, at 90, in Bakersfield, California. The National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum's obituary, like most, praised the man who started play-by-play. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.